Hope is the thing with feathers. Hope is the thing with feathers. That's like a bird. Like a bird. That perches in the soul. That perches in the soul. Welcome to the Thing with Feathers podcast, a podcast about birds and hope. I'm your host, birding enthusiast, Courtney Ellis. Welcome back to the Thing with Feathers podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Ellis. So excited to have a Costa Rican birder with us today. Eugenio Garcia is one of the guides of Journey South, a Costa Rican bird guiding company. It's based in Canada. He is hanging out in Costa Rica. I can see pieces of jungle behind him on my screen. I'm so jealous. We're going to talk all things Costa Rica, all things birding, all things guiding. Eugenio, thank you for your time. Well, uh, Courtney, it's such a pleasure to be part of this program. I have been following you for, for a while, and I enjoy so much uh, all your conversations and your hosts your guests. So this is a, an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for the gift of your time. I'm so excited to learn from you. Costa Rica is on my birding bucket list. I have never been there. So tell us about the birds of Costa Rica. Well, that is a very special question because we we are so blessed, uh, not just for birds, but for nature in general. Uh, remember that Costa Rica is one of the newest countries in the planet. We just emerged from the oceans uh, about 20 million years ago. And you hear 20 million, that's a lot of time. But uh, com comparing other parts of the, of, the, of the earth, this is like a baby. So Costa Rica was the last, together with Panama, the last two little pieces of earth that connected South America with North America. And then we became pretty much like the belly bottom of the continent and the bridge, the land bridge between those two continents, South and North America. And then many species began to, to move uh, North, South, South, North, and Costa Rica was right in the middle. So we are so blessed because we have a lot of influence, mainly from, from, from the Amazon, mainly from South America, but also from North America. We also have influence from Africa, uh, from Australia, because all of this Pangea was uh, um, connected at some point. So we have almost a thousand species of birds uh, from which uh, there are like 60 something species, almost endemic or endemic to the region. And here where I am located, which is the Southwest Pacific, close to the Osa Peninsula, we are very blessed because we have 27 endemic species uh, of this region because we are kind of isolated from the mountains uh, in the east and the Pacific Ocean to the west. So this isolation made this region pretty much like a, like a biological island. And then uh, many birds became kind of isolated and eventually with the time and evolution, they became new species. So um, 3 million tourists come to Costa Rica each year and um, about a third of these 3 million people, like we're talking about like a million people come exclusively looking for birds. So birds, uh, um, Corny and, and friends, it's, uh, it's not just a big income to the country, but it's also an incredible encouragement 
to protect the environment. In fact, Costa Rica is considered one of the few countries in the world that had been able to reverse deforestation uh, thanks to ecotourism. So many people come uh, here uh, to enjoy birds, but also to see what are we doing here. This is not perfect, of course. We have lots of problems here and there to, to solve, but compared to other countries, uh, we can say we are an example. Mm. Are you born and raised in Costa Rica? I was born and raised in Costa Rica. I was uh, also very lucky because my parents were a little crazy uh, about nature. So they created uh, um, a mountain lodge in the Caribbean foothills, the foothills of the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. And um, and then I, I grew in the jungle. That was my playground. And um, I was the last of five siblings. And... And my my siblings were a little too old, so they didn't want to play with me. So I had to go into the jungle and make tree houses and climb. Uh, and that was the first encounter uh, with birds. Um, I remember sitting in these kind of little platforms that I used to build in, on top of trees when I was five, six years old. And wow, the magic began to happen because birds are not used to see people on top of trees. So they began to approach and I began to see this beautiful, I remember the scarlet rum tanager. I think that was the first bird that, that brought this um, kind of overwhelm to my, to my life and, and then many other species. So yes, I, I, have, I was born here. Uh, however, um, I had traveled to many other countries and that had brought me a different vision of the planet because uh, when you when you grow in such a lush, uh, green, wet land, uh, you think that everything is like this till you go to other countries and then you realize that not everybody has water in the houses, that not everybody has this vegetation, that not everybody has all of the animals that we have here. So I feel very privileged to, to be a Costa Rican. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your guiding practice. What makes a good birding guide? And what do you take people to see? Well, number one, passion. Passion, mm -hmm. because if you do things just for the money, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, you are missing the best part of, of life. Uh, you have to do things because you love it. And what I do, I, I just love it. And I, I can do the same trip one over and over and over but every day every week every month is something different is something new to learn to experience to share so that is essential to have that that vocation that passion that love to what you do and um, um, I began guiding very young when I was 22 uh, when Costa Rica was not that popular uh, with Geo Tours, I remember very well that uh, little company, and uh, yeah, it was such a challenge because at that time we didn't have all the technology that we have today. There was no eBird, there was no the binoculars were very different from today. Uh, we didn't have many things, but uh, it was a great time. Um, I I went to university, but it was a little hard to to find job for for my career and then I decided to to go into guiding and um, and then in that way I was able to 
uh, do some research and at the same time um, enjoy my time with, with, with my clients. So, yeah, I have been guiding for now 32 years mm-hmm. and um, and I still don't give up. I, I think I will continue with, with this more than guiding with this educational process um, till I till I die. Mm. Tell us more about that educational process, because I know you're passionate about birds, but you're also passionate about what nature has to teach us in general. Totally, totally. Uh, because if if you just see a bird and take the picture and go back home, uh, then you are missing the rest of the puzzle. Um, I personally make sure that um, my clients, my students, my friends that, that follow me, that come with me to my tours, understand not just that bird, but the whole surrounding, the tree where it's perching, the river where it's swimming, the the land where it's uh, flying uh, by, passing by, and our own selves, because we are part of this whole puzzle and we are essential in the protection of this planet and all the species. So to me, that is... Um, more than anything, the main part of, of, of our tours, that people, when they go back home, they carry inside like a little seed that will germinate wherever they come from and then will start uh, growing. I have beautiful, beautiful testimonies, beautiful uh, emails that I get uh, from ex-students or, or clients that had come from different parts of the world and they write me or call me and say, oh, you know what? I began this little project. I am doing this community work. I am planting these kind of trees. That is the that is the the idea to create like a like a net. Because if we are isolated, yeah, I live here in the middle of the jungle, and if I don't say anything or if I don't share anything, then what is the point? So for those that have this knowledge, for those that have these abilities, these skills, these. Uh, these things, we need to share these things in order to create uh, consciousness, awareness, and, and then make a better world. And some, some colleagues of mine say, oh, it's too late. No, don't. No, I don't believe that. I, mm-hmm. I am the most optimistic guy. I am realistic. I know that there are lots of uh, ugly things going on, but there is still so much beauty and, and so much to enjoy and to learn. So... Um, every time I, I start a tour, I know that I will share lots of things, but at the same time, I'm going to learn a lot of things as well. So it is, that's life. I think that is one of the main duties that we have in, in this planet to learn and to share all of these things that we have learned. So that's the philosophy of, of, of my tours, you know, like educational, um, life-changing and, and go back with, with some interesting tools to, to make our, our lives uh, better, not just mm-hmm. being like parasites, you know, consuming, 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 but what are we giving back? What are we giving back? What are, what are we, um, you know, doing to make, uh, to, to give a little bit back to all the things that we are receiving? So that is very important. What keeps you optimistic in the midst of all this? Where are you finding hope? Oh, um, in birds. I think this morning, for example, 
uh, here in my little jungle casita. Oh my God. I wish you all can transport yourselves to, to my casita here. The sounds, the, the breeze, the, the mist, the sound of the ocean at the distance, uh, all the birds creating like this uh, symphony of sounds, um, the flowers opening and, and the little garden we have around the house. Those things make, make me uh, think that there is still hope. And um, we human beings, we are such a beautiful uh, creature we are not just destructive. We are not just uh, destroying everything. We we also can create. We also can do uh, so much for the planet. So I think that's uh, that that is my fuel. Uh, um, every morning I wake up early, uh, take a little walk around here, uh, or meet my students, or or go and and, and do a tour, and then I come back like. Whoosh, like if I have been meditating with the monks in in the Tibet, you know, like it's a, it's like a, like a booster. It's very very special. Nature, guys. I guess all of you know what I'm talking about. It's it's a therapy. It is a yeah. therapy. It is, it is a um, peace. Uh, it is love to the heart through our eyes, through our senses, um, so that we can we can maintain that flame inside of us. Mm. It's beautifully, beautifully put. I, I, I feel on some days that I'm just a little stirred up in my soul and I'm like, I need to get outside. I need to go on a bird walk and it changes everything. It really does. Totally. Totally. Yes. And, um, and our birds, wherever we go, you know, sometimes my, my Canadian friend, friends say, Oh, but our birds are so dull and are not so colorful. No way. Uh, everywhere, even even black vultures, when they come and perch in these rocks around my house, I look at them with the binoculars, and they are so so beautiful. They have little things that make them so special. So every bird, I remember first time I went to North America, and I woke up. I was so excited because every sound was so new to me. And the first bird I saw was the blue jay. Oh my God, that was so beautiful. And then the, the cardinals came after uh, and the acorn woodpeckers and it was so amazing. So uh, you don't have to live uh, in the jungle. You don't have to live in Costa Rica to enjoy nature, to enjoy birds. Everywhere I have been, uh, downtown Manhattan, New York, I have seen beautiful birds there. Um, but probably people walk past by and don't notice, but if you just stop and listen, wow, there is a sound. Mm -hmm. I always ask my students, uh, because I give uh, edu educational, um, environmental education program here in Costa Rica, and I always tell them, close your eyes. Imagine a world with no birds, no sounds, no, no flashing colors through the forest. How do you feel? Open your eyes. Tell me, how do you feel? And all of them say, no, no, teacher, no, no, that, that's not, that's not good. You know, like we, we want our birds. We, we enjoy listening to them and seeing them. So birds are an inspiration. Definitely. Nature in general is beautiful, but, but birds, mm -hmm. oh my God, they are like, like the jewels of nature that inspire us to continue. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I I grew up in northern Wisconsin where we had one type of hummingbird. We had the ruby-throated hummingbird. Now I live here in Southern California where we have eight varieties of hummingbirds, which feels like this embarrassment of riches, but it doesn't come anywhere close. Tell us about the hummingbirds of Costa Rica. Do you have more than eight different varieties? So far, we have 54 species in Costa Rica. And Costa Rica is the size of West Virginia, for those that have never been here. It's a tiny country of 52,000 square kilometers. So 54 species of hummingbirds occur here. And by the way, that's my favorite family. That's what I specialize on hummingbirds. And um, I don't like to interfere more much in nature. So if, if you come to my little casita, you won't see hummingbird feeders or anything like that. Except if there has been like a drought or or a hurricane or something that that I, I can feel that birds are suffering. So I put some some feeders around the house. But um, instead of that, I have planted all kinds of native plants that uh, attract birds and other, other animals like mammals. So uh, I have seen 12 different species of hummingbirds around my casita here in Costa Rica. And yeah, every morning it's uh, it's amazing. If you go a little higher, because remember, I am in the west, uh, southwest Pacific. So if you go a little higher to the cloud forest that we have just behind uh, our property, then you go to the to the kingdom of hummingbirds, so to the cloud forest, so, to where you find you know uh, many other species, and some of them are endemic, very very restricted to certain regions. We also have um, migratory, like local migration. So there are hummingbirds that that occur down here at certain time of the year, and then they just disappear. And then that means that they go higher, depending on the on the season, depending on the blooming uh, of certain bushes or certain trees. So this is super important. And that's what I specialize on, on, on biological corridors. So mm. we, in Costa Rica, there are lots of biological corridors that connect different protected areas like national parks and, and private reserves um, with different areas that uh, help birds and other animals um, maintain themselves. So, yeah, I have been studying these movements for, for the last 33, 34 years, and I don't, I think I, I will never stop uh, learning because uh, birds are not static they mm. are constantly moving there are few species that are super restricted to certain area but in general most of our birds um, are constantly moving up and down or for example uh, you were talking about the ruby-throated this is the the, the southernmost uh, how do you say that in english the 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 farthest south they can get uh, mm in their migration. So this past uh, December, January, we had a female ruby-throated in our garden for, mm. for like a month. And they don't, I think there are few records of Panama, but they come as far as Costa Rica. Mm. And then they go back to the States and Canada through Yucatan Peninsula, Cuba, Florida. Can you imagine this little bird uh, coming this far? But yeah, hummingbirds are... Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday that came to visit me because he he was telling me, but everything eats each other. Every every we eat each other. We and I was telling him, well, yes, 
but there is a creature in this planet that does not basically kill anything, uh, and it's hummingbirds. Hummingbirds are probably the the culmination of of evolution in mm. in nature. You know, like they do eat some little insects sometimes, uh, especially when they are um, nesting for protein. But in general, they feed mainly on on nectar, and mm. they they just uh, pollinate flowers and, and don't do any basically any harm to anything. So these little creatures are are unbelievable, very mm. very special. And yeah, we are very fortunate to have so many of them around here. Tell us about the cloud forest because we have nothing like that in in the states. Well, it for those that have never been down here, it would look a little bit like like Olympic Peninsula, like like Vancouver Island, very very wet, uh, very mossy, um, but with way more variety. Uh, the cloud forest occurs from like two thousand meters all the way out to three thousand meters. Uh, we are meter meters here. I'm not very good with feet, and. Um, and the cloud forest is a combination of uh, oaks. There are 19 different species of oaks that, uh, going back to the beginning of this conversation, when I told you about the bridge, so we got oaks and magnolias from North America. Mm. Hmm. Uh, and then those oaks, with the time, they became endemic uh, to Costa Rica and Panama. So we have 19 species. And besides that, we have uh, tree ferns, we have lots of orchids. Uh, Costa Rica has almost 3,000 species of orchids. Uh, we have lots of bromeliads that look like pineapples kind of things. Uh, and those are what we call epiphytes. So these mm-hmm. epiphytes are plants that had adapted uh, to live on top of trees. And they are not parasites. They are especially adapted to grab on branches and rocks and things like that. And the cloud forest, as it says, it's cloudy like 300 years, uh, 300 days a year. And then that mist uh, brings lots of nutrients. It's not just water. It has little particles of, of dust and, and, and other organic matter that lands on, on, on these epiphytes and feed them. Hmm. And who pollinates these plants? Mainly hummingbirds. Because uh, something very special that I always share with, 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 my, with my students is that here in the rainforest and in the cloud forest in, in Costa Rica in general, we have a lot of rain. So when it rains, what happens with the butterflies? What happens with the bees? What happens with the wasps? They don't like the rain. So they go under a leaf and fall asleep till next morning when it gets sunny. What happens with the hummingbirds when it rains? Nothing. They are waterproof. They are super hyperactive. So nature is so wise, they, they saw that plants saw that, that they could not evolve to be pollinated by insects all the time. So they evolve to be mainly pollinated by hummingbirds. So, hmm. so the fact that we have 54 species of hummingbirds is because we have a huge variety of flower shapes. So we have tiny, tiny flowers, like, like the fingertip, and we have flowers that are like nightshades that are huge. So for each one of these flowers, uh, the structure of the flower, we have a specific hummingbird, a specific beak. Hmm. 
Some of them have cool long beaks like like hermits. Others have tiny tiny beaks like like centillion hummingbirds, and so on. So um, when you go to the cloud forest, uh, if you look carefully on the flower shape, you're gonna see that most of them look like little bells, hmm. and that's because of of that's what the hummingbirds like, and they are most most of the time like kind of hanging down. So the hummingbird comes from underneath and pollinate the flower. And yeah, um, I believe that if we wouldn't have uh, hummingbirds in this in this country or in many other countries that where they occur, many species of plants will become extinct mm. because the, the evolution made them um, specific for each each other. You know, like a, it's like a perfect um, match. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, I think the cloud forest is probably one of the most beautiful of the 26 ecosystems that we have in this country. Um, because you can walk, it's kind of chilly, you know, it's not as humid and hot as where I am here right now. And uh, and the, the it's a little bit like North America. When you, when you come to the cloud forest, you will recognize lots of Ericacia, for example, which is uh, the blueberry family. You will recognize lots of different type of moss and different kinds of of plants that that came from North America through this biological bridge that was formed twenty million years ago. So, but to me, it's one of my favorites, uh, and it's safe as well because remember here in the jungle where I live, uh, uh, you better don't go out uh, without. Um, uh, rubber boots, uh, hiking uh, like Wellingtons, because we have big snakes and stuff like that in the cloud forest. Because of the of the cold, uh, chilly weather, uh, we don't have many vipers up there, so you can you can walk uh, easily. Um, I am I have a a lizard on my finger right now. <laughs> I am I am in the porch of my house, and I have these two geckos here, and for some reason. It's very it's it's very beautiful to to live in a country like Costa Rica where people um, are more aware of nature. Um, so yeah, we we try to to share this um, this example to the world. Uh, and as I said before, we still need to learn a lot and improve many things. But but yeah, we are a good example to to the planet. Well, Ayo, if if someone is listening to this and they've never taken an international birding trip before, what advice would you give them for getting started? Maybe they live in Canada or they live in the United States. What sorts of things should they keep in mind if they want to plan an excursion to somewhere like Costa Rica? Well, um, the, the the main thing is to to be open, to stay open, um, because you go out, out of your comfort zone sometimes. Uh, sometimes we have to take... Uh, walks in the jungle, which is humid, is uh, is you know is slippery. Uh, there are some mosquitoes. Um, you know the everything here is is totally different from like from North America. It's uh, it's like another language, another culture. So be open, um, experience not just the birds but also the culture. Don't forget that part. Um, because that's very important. That can give you a better picture of what is happening in this part of the world. Um, also, um, do some good research because um, sometimes um, 
um, friends come down to Costa Rica and they don't want to spend um, money on hiring a guide or they want to do it by themselves. And then they, after they go back home, they send me an email. Ew, I'm so disappointed. Um, I didn't see hardly anything. Mm. And yes, um, there are so many things around here, but this is not Africa. If you go to Africa, to the big plains, uh, the, all the animals are basically exposed. And the, the, the only way they have to, to survive is, uh, you know, speed. They run. They, they go very fast. Here in the tropics of America, it's not that the, the, the way they survive. Uh, most animals survive here. In, in camouflage. So they, they, they blend so well with, with environment. You, you may have a jaguar next to you and you don't see it because the spots with the, with the shadows in the, in the, in the understory of the forest look just like, like, like shadows. Or you may have like a, like a tuktan or this morning I walked down uh, the road and, and there was a sloth, uh, and, uh, on top of of the road of the driveway, and if 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 you don't have the the eye to to find these animals, you will just walk, and you won't see anything. Uh, another another thing is the ear. You know, like uh, I am a little proud of my ear because uh, hearing is the main thing here uh, because everything is so dense, so so lush. If you go into the forest, it gets even dark even if it's midday. Uh, so um, you have to learn to hear. I highly recommend uh, uh, hiring a guide. Mm -hmm. um, we have excellent guides. Costa Rica, I think for the second or third year, had uh, win the, the award of having some of the best guides in, in Latin America for birding. So I highly recommend you to to, to hire a good guide. Uh, here in Costa Rica, we have um, several uh, ways to find guides. Um, very popular could be Instagram or Facebook. You just type in Facebook. There is the Ornithological Association little site on Facebook. You just type, hey guys, I'm coming to Costa Rica and I would like to, to know if, if, I, uh, if there is any good guide. You're going to find Lots of very good uh, um, suggestions, um, and of course, if 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 you, I don't do big groups. I just do like very like smaller uh, groups because I want to be very close to to my people, to my clients. So ten people will be the maximum. I I will I will be touring. Um, and yes, I, I specialize mainly in the Southwest Pacific, but I do other parts of the country. And lately I have been coming a lot to Colombia because mm. Colombia is uh, it's the, the second most biodiverse country in the planet. Mm. Uh, and I like the country. I like the country a lot. Some people think, oh, it's dangerous. Well, it used to be. It used to be very dangerous and, and, and violent. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, fortunately, the politics had changed and, and, and Colombian people are coming back to normal. So I am coming to Colombia at least three times a year. I also do Bolivia, which is a country that, that most people don't go. Most people go to Peru or Ecuador, which is beautiful. 
but Bolivia, oh my God, it's such a great country for birding, mm. uh, quite affordable. I also do uh, southern part of Mexico, especially Oaxaca and Chiapas uh, for birding and, 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 and also uh, for hiking and things like that. So, yeah, I don't just stay here in, in my beautiful country. I, I also go to other parts of Latin America so that I can complete Many of my clients, I don't advertise much. Uh, many of my clients have been following me for 20, 25 years. Uh, we have been aging uh, with the time. I was, I had hair at that time <laughs> when I began. Um, so, yeah. Um, and sometimes uh, people call me and I can advise. Uh, I guess you're going to share my email uh, send me an email anytime you want, uh, and I will advise you the best. I have uh, um, a small selection of um, best guides of Costa Rica or other parts of Latin America because I am not um, that ambitious. I I do uh, my work, but I just love to give work to other other people. So uh, mm. that is also part of the philosophy of Journey South, not to feel yeah i am the best or no 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 we we're all in the same in the same mission of uh sharing and 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 giving the opportunity to people to to enjoy uh nature especially birds so yeah um feel more than welcome to send me an email in case you want to come to costa rica or you want to to go to other parts of latin america and i guarantee you i guarantee you you won't regret it because mm -hmm. uh I have been doing this for many years and I know what I'm doing. So, uh, and I know North American culture. I have been to Canada many, many times and to especially the West Coast of, of, of the United States. So I know you guys, I know what you like. I know what you don't like. <laughs> I know how you like to sleep. I know what you like to eat. So, so that's also very important when you organize a tour. It's not just. Uh, bringing someone and, and putting someone in a car and no, no, it's also knowing uh, your culture and, and how, how you like things. So that is, hmm. that is very important as well. Well, Ayo, that's a really kind invitation to share your email address. And I'll make sure I put that in the show notes and link to your guiding practice as well. So if you want to bird Costa Rica or you have questions about the birds of Costa Rica, Ayo is a wonderful, wonderful resource. Thank you. I feel like I've I've gotten to travel. I've gotten to be transported to Costa Rica uh, just for this, this short amount of time that we've had together. And my hope is that someday I'll make it down there because apparently there are a thousand birds that I have to see. Well, um, I am, I am not just optimistic, but I am also very open to to host people. Hmm. Um, I have a little casita here, but I I manage three other little casitas down my my neighborhood. So, if you want to come and spend some time uh, here and learn and help me plan more more things for the birds or feel free to come i am i am talking serious i'm not i'm not kidding many people come to visit me and and they just immerse in in in, in our little project here uh and and become part of it so mm. if you want to live a, a different experience um feel free to come you know like uh, i'm talking serious mm. 
<laughs> and especially you, Corny. You know, like it I, would be, it would be like a, like an honor to have you down here in the jungle. I appreciate that so much. That's so kind. I was telling you before we hit the record button that uh, my sons are learning Spanish too. And part of our promise to them has been, you know, you'll use Spanish in Southern California a lot, but if you continue to learn it and you become fluent, we're going to have to travel to some places and, and Costa Rica is top of that list. So thank totally, you for that. Totally. Um, and Costa Rica today. is excellent for children, for teenagers. In fact, uh, some years ago, I had the first grandparents with the grandchildren Mm. In, in some of my tours, and it had become a very popular. And, and these grandparents were so happy uh, about my tours that they told other grandparents. It's like a tradition in Canada, I don't know, in the States, of giving giving the grandchildren like a special gift to, to a, like an exotic country. And I have becoming, been coming specialized on, on grandparents with, with grandchildren. Mm. And, and then I make special trips for for children to to you know to immerse to 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 have the first uh, encounter with with the jungle with the rainforest. Um, it's beautiful. It is beautiful mm. to see the faces of these children. Wow! When they when they see a, a toucan or when they see a scarlet macaw or when they see a quetzal or a monkey, or a sloth, or, or a sunset, you know, like a, so it is, uh, it is very, very beautiful, and sometimes people say, oh, my children are too young, well, I have had people with very, very tiny babies, and, you know, uh, they adapt, I think uh, adult people are the hardest, children, mm. they just go with the flow very quickly, mm. um, adults, we are a little bit more picky, uh, things like that, but um, Costa Rica is a perfect country for children. Excellent, mm -hmm. excellent, very good. So yeah, whenever you want to come, let me know. I will, I will meet you at the airport. Deal. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for the gift of your time, and for a little peek into the life of a birder in Costa Rica. Thanks to you, Carney, and, and and you guys to to listen to this crazy jungle man here in Costa Rica. It is such a pleasure and uh, come with me uh, because this was just a, a glimpse of, of all the things that we uh, have to share here. So um, I will be here for more conversations and, 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 and to bring light, uh, to bring this light to people because uh, we are not North Americans, we are not South Americans, we are not Chinese or, or Russian or white or black. We are all together. Uh, we are experiencing it now with, with these crazy climate changes. Uh, this year we are being affected by El Nino. Mm -hmm. uh, that means less, less rain here. Um, and this is not uh, one country. This is the whole planet. So uh, let's put all our forces together and, and make uh, this a better place to live, not just for humans, but also for our beautiful birds and for nature in general. So thank you so much for inviting me. The Thing with Feathers is produced by me, Courtney Ellis. Many thanks to Del Belcher for the music. 
to Todd Peterson for the name inspiration and to Emily Dickinson for the beautiful poem and for being in the public domain. Until next time, my friends, keep looking up. Put this on your soul. Yes, it does.